Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and today we're in Disney's Hollywood Studios talking about all of the new things that are going on in the Hollywood Studios and also Christmas decorations. You can tell it's Christmas because it's 85 degrees outside. Let's bring our own uh, jolly old elf, one Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? I'm doing great, Len. I'm in my favorite park at Walt Disney World, so what could go wrong? I can't believe this is your favorite park in all of Walt Disney World. Why? I'm a fan of old Hollywood, and when this place opened in 89, and 30th anniversary in 2019. That's right, next year, 30th anniversary. Back, you know, in 89 when this place opened, L.A. couldn't move fast enough to tear down old Hollywood. Right. And to have it lovingly recreated in much the style of Main Street USA here on Hollywood Boulevard always tickled me. And what I love about this is the Imagineers, it wasn't just a question of recreating things like the camera shop or the Woolworths on Hollywood Boulevard, but they even went back and did the fact that at one point Hollywood Boulevard was a residential street. In fact, that's the thing of Sid Kawanga's right over here. This represents that you used to actually see houses along Hollywood Boulevard. And of course, in the early days of Hollywood, you know, you'd take a house and it would suddenly become a shop. So, huh. that's fascinating. Yeah. All right, Jim, why don't we walk down Hollywood Boulevard here and we can see some of the holiday decor. Now, yesterday when we were at the Magic Kingdom, we said that it was interesting that there was no garland uh, stretched across the top of Main Street USA because of the floats. But here, there's no such constraints. You can see the uh, the garland and the wreaths going all the way across Hollywood Boulevard. That's because you have different parades here. Like just yesterday afternoon, they played that First Order theme music the from The Force Awakens. and. People just lined along the street, and here's Captain Phasma leading a squad of, of stormtroopers down the line and intimidating folks along the way, and it was it was very cool. Looking ahead here, those of you who remember what Christmas was like when this park first opened, there is no tree at the end of the street, and that's because, if we look over here for a sec, Lent, the tree this year is, for the second year in a row, in the middle of Echo Lake. Ah, right. Beautifully done, well, if you like 40s decorations. <laughs> also, there's been a lot of talk lately about Streetmosphere getting cut at the studio, and obviously by the woman off to the side here with the headhopper hat, uh, Streetmosphere is alive and well alive at and well, Disney's yes. Hollywood Studios. It's more of a change than a, I mean, they cut some, but it's more of a change, right? This is true. This is true. The funniest Streetmosphere character I've ever uh I've ever seen uh, Laurel and I were walking up Sunset Boulevard one day. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, there was a bald gentleman mm-hmm. who was walking towards one of the Streetmosphere characters, and the Streetmosphere characters were pretending that everyone that was passing by was a star. Yep. So they were commenting on the roles that they played and how much they loved them. So the bald guy passes by. He was muscular, very yep. big guy. Passes by um, the Streetmosphere character, and the Streetmosphere character says, "Oh, Mr. Clean, I love your work." <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That is great. <laughs> All right, Jim, so we're on Sunset Boulevard. As you can tell, it's also uh, decorated for Christmas. They've done the uh, the projection show. Yes, the, uh, uh, what is it, Sunset Season Greetings, I believe it's called. Yes. This is the second year of it, and it's been plussed for year two, uh, in addition to the projection on the, uh, the tower. There's a laser component now, and also you can see the giant sort of projection screen just at the end of the street there that that helps with some of the show elements but right it's uh they do uh, uh cartoons while you're they're waiting for the uh the show to begin mm-hmm. also countdowns to the beginning of the show and so on yeah it, it definitely helps but what's kind of interesting in coming down to fairfax here this year there are so many holiday related food oh my god uh, tw- uh, 20 different holiday uh, food and drink items, I believe, 22, something like that. Laurel and I have tried uh, many of them. We tried to do it all in one day, Jim, so I might, might actually might need some of your diabetes medicine. 
But it's uh, some fantastic things. Over at Fairfax here, uh, they've got a eggnog panna cotta mm -hmm. with fresh raspberries and freeze-dried raspberries on top. It is delicious. I think I had had like eight desserts by the time I tried that, and I, and I still told Laurel I would totally eat that entire thing. It's not all in one area. I mean, you, no, it's you, all over the park. Yeah. Well, for example, over here at Anaheim Produce, this is where you can get the gingerbread men that are wearing the Mickey Mouse ears. Have you tried them? They're fantastic. I purchased them for my my sister-in-law. Again, the diabetic. Right. I, you know, I can believe uh, it. They're them. really good. Uh, okay. You know, it, uh, it's hard to make a, uh, uh, anything snap in the Florida humidity. Yep. But it, it's pretty close to that. It's not bad. Okay. I want to point something out here that, again, I think is indicative of the modern Disney company. Okay, now again, Len and I will hammer on Disney about money all the time, all the time. But you know, every so often they'll do something that, that really shows that well, it's not always about money. I mean, for example, right here at the Cathay Circle, the retail you know, once upon a time right. store. Okay, this is where they they're doing their 1940s style department store Santa Claus greeting. Oh, really? Yeah, but here. here's the thing, Len. They actually pulled shelves in retail out to, what? to create the space for this. Did somebody go rogue in retail? Because like, that's, uh, that's not something that I think the corporate overlords would, uh, would approve of. But yeah, also what's really cool about this is that you come over here, it's it's just at the base of you know, the Theater of the Stars for where Beauty and the Beast is, and folks queue up, but they have holiday-themed games, you know, oh, as nice. you're waiting in line to get your visit with Santa. But we pulled out shelves, we pulled out merch, just so we could have a giant space to recreate that 40s Santa you know, I mean, mind you, he doesn't say, you'll put your eye out, kid. But it's still, <laughs> you know, kind of that 40s holiday experience. Oh, that's fantastic. Are there any plans to uh, to change the show of Beauty and the Beast? It's been around for a while. They have kicked the tires on a Tangled redo. Right, that's what I heard, Tangled. All right, but the, you know, the problem there is that Beauty and the Beast basically got a second wind on the back of the, the Emma Watson movie. And so it's kind of like... Why pull it out when it's still popular? What about overlays or changes to uh, Tower of Terror? Is the, uh, is the Guardians rumor uh, dead and gone now? The interesting thing with the Guardians situation is what ultimately is going to save the Florida version is that it has a challenge for the folks. What's the challenge? It's the fifth dimension. You know, the Imagineers would have to come up with a show scene that explains that space in the Guardian storyline. and Oh, the fact the ride vehicle goes through mm -hmm. the building instead of at uh, DCA where it just goes up and down. There we go. All right, go ahead. What about, uh, what about over at Rock and Roller Coaster? What's more interesting to me about Rock and Roller Coaster is what's going on next door. You know, our black box theater building, which came online a year or so back with that sort of Disney villains eat and greet kind of experience. You know, in 2019, we'll see that become the Lightning McQueen Driving School. And, you know, that's where you'll be able to have interesting meet and greet opportunities with the characters from the three Cars films. So that's at the, uh, in the building that's off to the, to the right of, uh, of Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, if you talk to folks in entertainment or that sort of thing, they refer to this as the black box. And that's largely because it's a flex space. It, it, you know, it can be a Cars-related attraction for a couple of years. And if there's another IP that comes along that's you know, that much more popular or powerful, that'll get floated in there. Speaking of uh, another IP that comes along that's uh, that's just as popular or more popular, um, any plans about rem uh, replacing Aerosmith? Every couple of years, especially when it's time to write another check to Steven Tyler and friends, um, you know, there, there, there's this discussion about, is there somebody else we could go with? And I have to tell you, very, very, very recently, there was some discussion of replacing Aerosmith 
with God help us, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> the Joe Bros? Yeah. I remember this rumor. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they were under contract at Disney at that point. Of course, you know, the brothers no longer perf- really perform together anymore. And so the more interesting rumor lately is that, again, with the repositioning of the studio and trying to be, sort of build this park more around the Pixar characters and that sort of thing. Right. There have been discussions of, of revising the Monsters Inc. door coaster, uh, more recently on the heels of the billion-dollar worldwide box office for Incredibles 2. There's some talk about doing an Incredicoaster. Oh, an indoor Incredicoaster here? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would sort of make sense. But, you know, the, the downside is and you can hear the area music in the background. If were you to do that, you'd miss the screaming guitar version. A you know, version of walking in a winter wonderland. You know. <laughs> it's true, it would. But you know, the, you could do the Incredicoaster here. You, the pre-show area could be uh, Edna's lab. There we go. On the heels of the opening of Galaxy's Edge, there's going to be about a five-year period. It's first of all establishing what is this due to capacity of the park, what does it do for demand. You think it's going to take them five years to figure that out? I think it's going to take them like a week. It's more to the effect of taking down certain buildings or. or taking the, the space that one man's dream is in. Oh, right I see now. what you're saying. So once uh, once the Galaxy's Edge starts attracting people, where do they pull people from throughout the park? Yeah. I guess that's one theory, right? One theory is everyone's just going to go into the upper left corner of the park, right, to Galaxy's Edge. Another theory might be that if Disney prevents people from crowding around there, they could have to go other places? Yeah. You sort of see this in the Magic Kingdom during New Year's and uh, Christmas, where all the primary places fill up first, the Space Mountains, the Splash Mountains, the Big Thunder Mountains, and so on. And then the secondary attractions get busy, Peter Pan, you know, so, and then the tertiary attractions, like Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. get uh, get crowded, and by the time that those get crowded, the entire park is full. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether that happens in, uh, in the studios, or whether... Uh, everybody just goes to Galaxy's Edge and stays. And I have to say that this is a problem that will be fixed within the year uh, yep. with the actual opening. Opening. Effect. So by December 2020. Right. In time for the 50th. Yeah. Right, Last night, Alice and I were over in to Toy Story Land and check it out uh, out ahead of Len and I recording this morning. Yep. And you know, you got to remember this is a night they're, they're doing a Mickey's very merry over the kingdom, right. and so. You know, the people who couldn't get into the kingdom sort of defaulted over here. Right, because it's got a holiday in a Tim show. Sure. Yeah, and it was kind of verging on Calcutta back there. Was it, it was busy? It was busy. It was warm. It was tight. I mean, we walked all the way to the back to uh, Alien Swirling Saucers. Right. And everything at that point had a 70 or higher line. Wow. At that point... For some reason, the Slinky Dog coaster was down. We just was uh, Yeah, it happens. That happens. Okay. And it was just sort of like, let's get out of here. This is... <laughs> it's just madness. Madness. Yeah. You know, but but again, in theory, when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is open, it's a work in progress, folks. You know, you just got a grade and a curve here. All right, Jim. Let's, uh, let's finish up this episode. And uh, what do you say we head over to Animation Courtyard next? That works. All right, folks. You've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go on to iTunes and Stitcher and write our show and tell us what you would like to hear next. I hope it's uh, Animation Courtyard, because that is what's next. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you on the next show.